You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry Sanderson on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Inside the Locker Room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And good morning. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of Inside the Locker Room 205-342-9904 is the phone number if you'd like to get in on the show with us this morning. The Twitter account at Locker Room 109 at Barry Sanderson at, uh, Barry Sanderson as well. I'm sorry. At Wimp Sanderson 1. Email address for the show is Wimp and Barry at Yahoo.com. Download the Tide 100.9 app to your smartphone and you can take us with you anywhere you go there also is a chat box on that smartphone on that tap there where you can send us a a message there on the app we'll get an email and we can talk about that over uh the year before we get started pressure treated pie from great southern if it doesn't have that yellow tag on it then believe me guys you don't want to go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer that is closest to you with that being said i'll flip it up to dad uh, good morning dad how are you this morning uh doing okay uh denver played uh Pretty good football last night, but the Bills were terrible. I think we already, if you already talked about it, but, uh, had 12 men on the field. They missed the field goal, got to re-kick it and beat, uh, beat the Bills 24-22. But, uh, one of the better pro games I've seen in a while. Most, I like to watch pro football, but hadn't gotten into it as much, but, uh, a, a really good, pretty good game. Not very good for the Bills, but, uh, certainly good for Denver who went four and five. I watched some of the basketball last night in the conference. Uh, South Carolina won. They beat VMI, and I watched Arkansas. South Carolina is struggle on struggle. Arkansas is very athletic. They beat Old Dominion, a very good Old Dominion team at home. It's a good thing they had them at home. Uh, 86, and then Missouri beat Edwardsville. Did not see end of, of the Missouri game at all, so um, I didn't see how they, they are, but uh, they're probably a middle-of-the-pack team. But uh, South Carolina struggled a little bit, and, so did uh, uh, and not, but not to Arkansas tonight. Uh, we have a, a covey of, of SEC games. The ones that you'd be interested in would be, um, I guess, the South Alabama comes into Alabama. That's a seven o'clock game on the SEC network. Uh, Kentucky and Kansas probably is, is the biggest uh, biggest game as far as the nation is concerned. They'll play at um, eight thirty our time on ESPN, so I won't go through all the games. North Alabama, my old place, plays at Mississippi State, but there's a covey of of games tonight. Last night, um, the Burnett kid who left Alabama, uh, came to Alabama from Texas Tech, had eight straight threes, and they beat um, Michigan, uh, beat Rick Pitino in his opener at St. John's uh, pretty good, so I think the Burnett kid got hurt at Alabama and didn't get Enough playing time, but decided to transfer, and uh, was a very good player there. Uh, and so Patino got beat in his game. Um, Richard Clark is going to be the new director overtaking Bill Hancock's place to the Air Force. Bill Hancock's son worked for Barry and I uh, at uh, Little Rock, and a nice kid. He was on the plane uh, with Arizona with, with Arkansas when he left us. The plane crashed, and, and Bill he. he he lost his life, 
I was killed uh, and Bill Hancock I've talked to him a couple of times a very nice person Richard Clark's somebody that's out of the Air Force I'm not going to go into it much but the president of Mississippi State is the one that pushed him he's he's over the whole deal and so we'll, we'll see what happens there uh, on the coaching front Dan Lanning says that Oregon says uh, no chance he's going to leave Oregon um Dan Mullen has, you know, talked about a little bit about going back to Mississippi State. Um, Sark said it was ridiculous. Uh, he felt like if they would fire Jimbo at that time, he sort of gave the kids that were playing on the team, uh, you know, just like you didn't care anything about them. And you, the season was washed. He thought it was a, a bad choice to do that. Whether well, that's right or wrong, I don't know. Arizona. Uh, Arizona, but Arizona State uh, AD resigned uh, Herman Herm, over that Herm Edwards problem that he had, which was wasn't wasn't real good. That's just a conglomeration of stuff that I try to get up early this morning and look at. So you know, we got the games tonight. Kentucky and Kansas are good. Alabama be uh, should be a good game, and uh, if they want to keep up with SEC basketball, we'll see how they're going to be in the non-conference. You can do so. All right, a um, couple things tonight. Obviously, uh, the college football committee will put out their uh, rankings. Uh, ESPN, um, they kind of already projected what the rankings will be. I think we already know what it's going to be, the top eight. I'm tired of people, Dad, and this is Alabama people. I'm hearing them say, this committee's a joke. This committee... They're not a joke. I mean, if you look at the people on this committee, you got uh, Chris Alt, uh, Mitch Barnhart, Boo Corrigan, uh, Chad Gladchuck, uh, Jim Grove is great coach there at Wake Forest, Mark Harlan, Wade Manuel, David Snyder, Will Shield, Gene Taylor, Joe Taylor, Rod West, and they have one female, Kelly Whiteside. Uh, I'm pulling up Kelly's bio. Kelly is a professor at Montclair State University, but so, uh, but, where else would you want these teams ranked right now? If you if you're undefeated, you play the season. You're undefeated, uh, which Georgia is, um, which obviously Michigan is. So the the predict, prediction today will be uh, that it will stand pat. Georgia will go up to one with their impressive win. Uh, Michigan will go to two. Uh, Ohio State three and Florida State four. Now, which of those teams should Alabama be over? Uh, and then people, Washington's undefeated. So they're where they should be. These teams are undefeated. Uh, now people say Oregon's a joke. I disagree. When I've watched Oregon play, uh, they said, well, look at their schedule. What is Alabama's best win? I mean, it's, is it Ole Miss? Is that their best win? Now, beating LSU, winning at Texas A&M, is probably a good win. So to, to act like that's a joke to have them at six and have Texas at seven who beat you head to head, is that fair for these people to say this committee is a joke at this point? <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, everybody says that if their team is not ranked right. where they want them to be ranked. Yeah, what you're saying is my team's not ranked where I want them ranked, so they're a joke is what they're yeah. saying. Well, that, yeah, I don't, you know, certainly the team, if, you know, Texas should be ahead of Alabama at the present time. The big, the big stink will be if they both go undefeated and Alabama were to beat Georgia, which is which is certainly a were a, a, a tough game. Um, then um, there'd be some controversy there. But um, you know, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State, although they haven't played quite as well, they have to go to Florida. Uh, 
or and Michigan is uh, at Maryland playing at Maryland, nineteen points, um, and I, I think it's pretty much as about as accurate as you can get it. Uh, you know, Alabama is ahead of you wouldn't want Ole Miss ahead of Alabama. Alabama beat them, so they're behind, and Penn State and. Oh, Louisville. I think Louisville probably is going to play Florida State in their playoff. The playoff games will bring will change this thing a great deal. But anything that you do in this with the 13-man committee, people are going to complain about. So that people are complainers to start with, and uh, if their team is not good. Yeah, your problem right. if you're an Alabama fan is that one loss is to a one a team that's only lost one, and they're – that's a problem. So that now you got to jump all these undefeated teams in there from different conferences. Uh, so Gary and I have a $100 bet. If I bet him, if uh, Michigan wins out, uh, Florida State wins out, Washington wins out, and Texas goes 12-1, and one, that Alabama is not going to the playoff. And he is just yep. beside himself that that it was no way. That, that if you well, win the SEC and go 9-0, and oh, uh, in the league, which he's right. Under normal circumstances, that is going to put you in the playoff. Uh, but uh, if, uh, you take a if and, and put a ring around that because Georgia is uh, a team that you think you're about to beat and they beat you. Yeah. All right. Well, they did all the time. Let's get to the Yellowwood Hotline. Bring Tom into the show. Good morning, Tom. Tom. Good morning, Barry. Good morning, Coach. How are y'all this morning? Okay. Good. Just trying to take uh, out for the committee a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's kind of been your position the whole time. And I'm not sure I, I, that I don't agree. I think I agree with you, and it, and it's right here for me. You remember Coach Saban during the quarterback competition during the summer? He made a statement of, uh, look, what you need to do is make me have to play you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, with the committee, we need to make them have to put us in. Uh, with one loss. You know what I'm saying? Now, is that going to happen? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, that principle kind of prevails. In but court. when I hear Gary and Gary and our friends, uh, when I hear him just so adamant that there's no yeah, way that really you can leave Alabama out in that scenario. Right. Because, he, because Gary's a homer. I'm saying, Dick, Gary, you are being, and he's like, well, they're going to, they'll jump Florida State. I said, Gary, that is yeah. ridiculous yeah. Yeah. to yeah. say they're going to jump you know, undefeated, uh, undefeated Florida State. Florida State beat LSU. Sure. I mean, I, I, I've always contended that the committee has the responsibility of uh, if you, how many teams do you have undefeated? Okay, well, we got this many. Then if there's a question about how, who to put in, you drop down to the next tier, and that would be how many teams have one loss? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, uh, that, 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 I think that's always been the criteria with the uh, sense of football playoff committee. But I, I want to go somewhere else this sure, morning. Sure. Uh, I want to ask Coach Sanderson uh, this. Coach, uh, you made the statement earlier, and I agree with it, and I think it was a solid statement and, uh, and an entertaining statement about uh, the offensive coordinator, uh, Tommy Reed. Yeah. And uh, the, the statement was he was brought here with maybe the potential of he could grow into yep. the head coaching job. I did make it, but that I put it, but I put an if in front of it. Tom. That's right. You did. And to your defense, it was a performance based, uh, we will consider you based on your performance. That, right. that's why I read that. Well, because offensive now, people move up. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. And, and, but 
you know, I, I watched that. I thought it was a great statement, an interesting statement. And then as this team has progressed, somebody somewhere in that organization, maybe everybody in the organization of football coaches has done an outstanding job on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. Sure. But I was interested in the offense uh, more than anything after you made that statement. And my here's my take, and I, then I'm going to shut up, and I'm going to listen to what you say. My take is that he is a pretty darn good coach, and he has done a masterful job at finding a way to mesh with our quarterback, Jalen Milrow. It, it appears that they are hitting it off pretty good here at this part of the season and that they are working well together. And that says to me, coming in, maybe being the second or third choice, of being the offense coordinator, he's done a masterful job at fitting in and doing a good job. And I think he's made progress, progress toward uh, becoming uh, more than just offense coordinator. I want to hear your take. Oh, I think he has. I think he's a smart guy. You know what I'm doing? Let me tell you, Tom, what I did last night. I talked with Jack Crow, and I asked Jack Crow to come on the show. He's coming in on Thursday. And I told him I want him to explain to our listeners, to you and to all the people that listen, exactly how an offensive coordinator works as far as where the ball is, what they're fixing to run, their notes and so forth, because I think it's really interesting to see that. Being an offensive coordinator and trying to figure out the defense of the other team is big. And uh, this guy, that uh, Tommy Reese, is young. And and you know as well as Barry and everybody knows that Coach Coach Saban has a has a good input as the people that he hires. He does, you know that. You and so he had an input of this guy that he thought he liked him, and he came along and did a really good job. And I don't, I I, I said he might be the head coach. I put an if in there because I think offensive people move up faster than defensive people, but. I don't know that he will. There are a lot of people that don't care for him, but I, I, I'm going to do this on Thursday. It's going to be a, a and I, he already knows the question. So, being an offensive coordinator is not easy. It's according to where the ball is and so forth and so on. So, those are good statements. I, I think uh, I think we'll see what happens. I, we don't know when coach is getting out, and um, but if he is, he might be. A, now, the other thing, Tom, that that I don't know is how that and I'll finish. I don't know how what the athletic director feels about the people on coaches' staff. I'm not close to. I know the AD pretty good, but I'm not close to him. So, you know, he may have a good. He may have a lukewarm. He may have a good. I don't know what kind of feeling he has, but that, that'll have something to do with it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you know, you're exactly right. We we don't know the future. Uh, we only read the tea leaves and talk about it a little bit, and. Uh, but I was curious, and, and when you planted that seed, to me it's grown into watching how we've done. Coach, I'll tell you, where this team was uh, the second and third week of the season and where they are now, I, I, I mean, I'm John Q. fan, but in my book, it's masterful what has happened. Well, you also now, for Barry gets cuts in here, you also now have to, have to really say something about the way the offensive line has improved. Yes, I sir. The line's gotten a lot better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Thanks, Coach. Thank you, okay, Tom. thank you.
All right, we'll take this break. we got uh, Philip holding. We'll get to Philip. Royal Cleaners, they want to make your life easy for you. Everybody's busy now. you got kids practicing school. you got work going on, trying to figure out what you're going to do for dinner. Uh, no, well, let's take one of these things off your plate, and that's the cleaning. You can call Royal Cleaners. They'll come right to you, pick it all up, clean it up, deliver it right back. If you want to drop off, you can do that as well. University Boulevard, Bridge Avenue, North Porter, 4851 Rice Mine Road. What I like if I drop it off in the morning is back the next day. Uh, so that's nice as well. But this delivery is really easy. 205-391-0034. Royal Cleaners for all of your cleaning needs. This is Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, no active wrecks. We understand that the fire at Pet Boys on Skyland is out, but they're still down there investigating the cause of that fire. If you see conditions, give me a call. 2468, up to $10,000 in instant savings on new Nissans at Townsend Nissan. And I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa Thread. Good Tuesday morning. Tuscaloosa firefighters are still on the scene of a fire at the Pep Boys Auto Center. That's at the intersection of Skyland and University Boulevards. It happened earlier this morning. The fire has been extinguished now, and the cause is being investigated. At least six units from the Tuscaloosa Fire Rescue Service responded to the alarm. No injuries were reported. Click TuscaloosaThread.com for more local news, sports, and weather coverage throughout the day. It's free. Don Hartley, Townsquare Media, Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy today, the best chance of rain will stay south of here, the high 67. Cloudy tonight, a chance of rain mainly after midnight, the low at 50. Tomorrow, cloudy and cooler, periods of rain throughout the day, the high in the upper 50s at 59. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 52 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Want to jump into any of the shows? Call Tide 100.9 right now at 205-342-9904. Well, somebody answer that damn phone. That's 205-342-9904. Welcome back. Yellowwood, pressure treated pine from Great Southern. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, and then believe me, you don't want it. Yeah, I just get frustrated when uh, something doesn't fit what you want, so you run down the people and call them a joke uh, that because <laughs> they don't see it the way you see it. Does not mean that they're a joke. Uh, maybe you're a joke for thinking that way. Uh, so I don't know. It just I hear it goes on all day long everywhere. I get to the Yellowwood Hotline and get Philip into the show. Good morning, Phil. Hey, Phil. Good. Hey, hey, Barry. I, I understand um, the importance of the um, Alabama loss to Texas, and you know how that sort of muddied things up for Alabama right now, as far as the rankings go. I, I fairly get that, but I do think that Alabama has a has a reason for the um, for the uh, concern. Because I think Alabama, I'm not sure what their strength of schedule is right now, but I'd venture to say it's probably in the top five, wouldn't you? Uh, I, I, I don't even want to guess. I'll try to pull that up as we're talking to see. You know, but as you see, um, and as you play through, like, I think Dad was right. When you go win at A&M, at the time, 
That is a great win. Now, A&M may go on and not have a very good season. You may look back and say that wasn't a great win. Uh, you know, like Ole Miss now, we thought that was a really good win. Then they go to Georgia, and Georgia just absolutely demolishes them. The, does that take away from the Alabama win against Ole Miss when they played them? I don't think so. People, Some people might say it does when they say, what, what's Alabama's best win? The LSU? Uh, Texas A&M? Well, and then when people talk about the ACC being a joke, if I remember early in the year when the ACC played the SEC, they beat them, right, Philip? The ACC was winning the head-to-head there. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you beat this, this, uh, this uh, fabulous LSU team. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but I, I'll also mention this, and as far as stats go, and I, you know, I love numbers and I love looking at all that sort of stuff. It interests me. And, you know, Alabama has played Kentucky, Tennessee, and Ole Miss, and they still got Auburn to go. And, and out of those three teams, Alabama scored 107 points, and they've given up 51. But Georgia's played Kentucky, Auburn, and Ole Miss, and this, and this, Unbelievably, fantastically, wonderfully talented number one elite Georgia team against those teams. They scored 130 points and given up 50. So, you know, I just think Alabama is, I think they're getting a little bit of a shaft in the rankings right now because I, I thought it was based on, yeah, wins and losses are absolutely important, but how the season flows from there. And to me, Texas has struggled. And I know they beat Alabama, but they get, they got beat by Oklahoma. Um, you know, Oregon lost a game to Washington. Uh, it's just all sort of muddied up right now. And, oh, and, you know, FSU, even though they're undefeated, they, they struggle like heck against a, a terrible, I thought a bad Miami team. But I don't know, man, I'm just, um, I was hoping Alabama might jump, jump up a little bit tonight. And I think there's still a possibility. And, but I'll say this, I think Georgia's, I think Alabama's number two, number two team in the nation right now, right now, uh, at this time in, of life. I don't, I mean, and I think it may all work out, like I told Gary and the people, you know, the lose and they get to where they're supposed to get to. If you were going to jump somebody today, because everybody ahead of Alabama won, I don't think they're going to jump an undefeated team. Uh, they're not going to jump Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, no. Florida State, or Washington. Would you jump them over Oregon or Texas or both? I think, I, I, to me, Gary, I think that's a possibility now. Um, now you're right about that. They're not going to jump them over those guys that are undefeated. I, I get it. But I think Alabama right now, and I thought that's what the committee was supposed to look at, was progression, season-long progression. I think Alabama right now is is the second-ranked team in the nation. And that's well, you, go, you, go a lot, you go a lot by the score of the game. That's what you, I think you do. Um, you know, and that's, you can do that. You know, 29, 26 against TCU. Uh, you know, the committee's goal win is a win is a win. A little bit. And that, isn't that correct? Yeah. And you got, you know, know, TCU did throw a touchdown late there to, you know, Texas was never really in jeopardy of losing that game. So they got a touchdown there late, uh, to, to close it to 29, 26. But, uh, you know, right, Texas right. play. You know, they're going to say, "Well, we play without our starting quarterback for a while." Yeah, he was back, but he's, you know, he's rusty there. <laughs> I just, 
I just think losing to them is a little bit of a problem just because of who they are. Uh, and then when people say, well, the SEC's dominated college football over all the years, what's happened in the previous years has nothing to do with this year. It's, it's this it year. Has, it's this year. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. And, but, you know, I appreciate you guys taking my time. You know, I'll I, I tell, you, I tell you, you something else, Philip. I, I think this goes back, and you'll laugh at this one. I think when the things were scheduled, I just don't think that you schedule Alabama-Texas the second game of the season. Yeah. I just don't. I, I, I thought that from day one before they ever played. I think you I, – I don't. I just don't like that scheduling situation there. But if Texas well, would have lost you. another game, they would be – you know, if they were 8-2 and two right now, then you'd be ahead of them. You know, unfortunately, they just have uh, only lost the one game, which to Oklahoma, which is not – Great, but uh, the committee is going to well, use that. There's th- 13 of them in that committee room, and they're going to if if it comes down close, they're going to wear that. They're going to wear that out. Texas beating Alabama, you could bet on that. Does Texas play Iowa State in Ames this weekend? Yes, that could be interesting. Yeah, Iowa State's good. Uh, and then they play. And then they play night? Texas. Tuesday then they night. play Texas Tech. Yeah, unfortunately, that's an option. I was sure wished it was in Lubbock. You know, in Alabama, uh, as they have improved, man, and they are playing, uh, really well. Uh, but I, I don't, I think you gotta take the, the entire season. I don't think you can just take, uh, you know, how they've been playing the last couple of games. Um, so I, I mean, I know everybody's gonna say that I'm like pulling against them. I hope they make it, but I just can't see how Gary can fight me so hard saying that they're gonna jump Florida State if Florida State runs the table. I mean, that's they're not, not going right. To, There's they're no not going way to. that would happen. No way. And I say, Gary, you're smarter than that. You're being ridiculous when you say that. So <laughs> yes, well, I wish I could sit there and I wish I could come up there and listen to you guys have a chat. That'd be fun. Yeah, thank you, Philip. Okay. All right, back down to the Yellowwood Hotlines. Bring Digger in. Good morning, Digger. Yeah, real quick. Uh, tell me, what's the best football conference in America? It's according to what year it is. What do you think? What is it this year, Wimp? What do you think? Don't give me don't give me none of that horse manure stuff you put out. <laughs> no, what, what, what is it? What is it? What is it to you? I'm telling you, you know, a lot of them are thinking it's the Pac-12, just on quarterbacks alone. Okay, yeah. I'm telling you, the problem I'm having with this Alabama jump in Texas is, who have you played? Everybody you played has had three or four losses. Okay? Okay, amen. Hey, let me tell you, let me tell you something, losses. my man. The Big 12 will have a hard It's going to be the last team getting in right now. The other teams, are, other leagues are pretty well set. Well, that's the problem we're all having with it. If the Big 12 beats right. the SEC team, y'all looking at it like, oh, well, uh, you caught us on a bad weekend. <laughs> you caught us, uh, you caught us at the beginning of so the what, year. Uh, so what are you, what are you, what are you calling and arguing about? I'm arguing is that y'all seem to have forgotten about head to head. You're in complete denial. Well, we have been saying all along that Texas should stay of Alabama. This is a, you're talking about another uh, show, uh, not this one. You're get that, ear, get that get that earwax out of the ear. We're saying, buddy, Texas I'm stay just ahead of them. You're look, you're talking about Gary's show, not this one. <laughs> I'm just saying, you got Jim Jimmy Boy coming on there, and he just like it doesn't matter. We're playing much better. The fact that the matter is. The last four games, we've been dealing with injury, injury. 
your last four games, y'all were playing a half, and then finally y'all put it together yeah. against a bad defense. Okay, come on, you got to look at and you there you said the magic word, body of work. Yeah, thank you, Digger. Thank you. All right, Digger, uh, take a hike. <laughs> Digger's calling up, arguing when we're. Saying what he's saying. He's Digger doesn't listen. He just likes to argue. Two men in a truck down at 13. It's fine. I like Digger calling. 1330 Martin Road East. That's where you go pick up your boxes, your packing supplies, whatever you need to make this a smooth move. It's local, out of town, out of state. Give them a call. If you just need to get stuff uh, out of the attic because you want to decorate for the holidays, Jenny's already got two Christmas trees up at my house. So 205-247-5050. That is two men in a truck. Movers who care. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we got a report of a wreck on US 43 southbound at Chapel Hill Baptist Church. You can expect some delays in the area. Traffic beginning to pick up around town. If you do see conditions, of course, give me a call. 205-886-8886-2468. Up to $10,000 in instant savings on new Nissans at Townsend Nissan. And I'm Captain Ray. Inside the Locker Room with Wimpin Perry on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Yellowwood, pressure treated pine from Great Southern. If you're going to build, you want to build last one of that fence, the deck, the pergola, only one choice. Go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer that is closest to you. I get to the Yellowwood hotline. He uh, writes for the Birmingham Lead, Also with the Coach Safely program, joins us every Tuesday, Kevin Skarbinski. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? Hey, Kevin. Good. good morning, guys. I'm good. How are you? We're good. Go ahead, Dad. Um... You're, we we have the the West with letting all their coaches go if Arkansas loses theirs. Uh, I assume that you you're going to say that A and M firing was not was not an overreaction that they needed to. Um, talk a little bit about the West and what what direction it's going with their firing and their and their. We you know we've got uh, Auburn last year. Got a new guy. Arkansas is going to be gone. A M's gone. Comment on that for our listeners. Well, and isn't it interesting that this is the last year of the SEC West because you won't have divisions next year. Yeah. So I guess they're you know those ex- those expectations are not that they're going to drop or decline next year, but they're they're certainly very very high. You know, A&M is, is interesting. You know, you could certainly, after six years, come to the conclusion that Jimbo's had enough time. He's, he is who he is. He's not going to get that program to where it expects to be, not where it's ever been historically. You know, this is not a national championship program. They think of themselves as a national championship program. They believe they should be doing the kind of things that Alabama and Georgia have done. And not just Alabama and Georgia, but LSU has won national championships. Auburn has won a national championship out of the West and played for another since 2010. So they think that's what they should be doing. 
but realistically, they're a seven and five, eight and four program, you know, year in and year out. And, you know, what they've only had one. This is a, <laughs> there are some mind blowing stats about AM. You know, they haven't won a conference championship since 1998. Since they did that, they've had only one season in which they won 10 or more games. And that's when Johnny Manziel, you know, burst out of nowhere to win the Heisman back in 2012. You know, it's it's crazy that the lack of elite production, if you will, that they've had, and yet they do have top-notch facilities. They've been able to recruit, at least in the last four years or so, at a very, very high level. Yeah. They just haven't unlocked winning. And if Jimbo hasn't done it by now, you know, there's not really much to recommend that he would do that going forward. So you can make, you know, the money is the only reason, the only reason really to keep him going forward, given the, given the expectations they have, whether they're realistic or not, is, was the money. But clearly money was no object to them. And so they, you know, they, first of all, signing him to the original contract was not justified. Signing him to the extension after a couple of years, after the, you know, in 2020, if you based any kind of decisions on 2020, you were probably making, you probably were making a huge mistake. And clearly they did when they gave him a bigger contract for, you know, more years and, and when extending it back out to 10 years again for 90 something million that, and then you're stuck with that buyout. So not, not a lot of intelligent decisions being made there. Okay. And, and that's one of my, you know, as we talk about these kind of things, when, when are athletic directors and presidents the people who sign off on these ridiculous contracts with these ridiculous buyouts, when are they going to be held accountable? Yeah, I think one of the problems, the the portal, uh, I understand why Texas A&M and these guys fire them now because they want to get ahead of, uh, you know, the candidates. Uh, look at the candidates. They, they got to get somebody in there as quick as possible because the transfer portal, which is causing a problem there, recruiting. I think, Kevin, they should make, any coaching moves dead until the bowl season's over. Unless somebody does something unethical or breaks NCAA rules, there's no coaching changes, no signings until February. If a guy wants to come to your school uh, at the semester, then he enrolls and boom, you got him. Uh, so we don't damage the bowls because uh, if where, whoever's going to hire, whoever takes a him hire, they're going to pull somebody's coach who's successful. Now they're going to lose their whole staff for the bowls. Uh, so if you could, if you can't do it, then it's dead during this time. And then, then you can make all your coaching moves after a certain date, but not penalize college football and the kids. Is there any way to have that done, Kevin? No. <laughs> Not realistically, <laughs> you know, in an ideal world, yeah, that it would be more orderly if you could do it that way. It's probably not, it, it's certainly not realistic. I don't know if it's legal, if you could, if you could do it that way. And interestingly, guys, think about it. This, you know, if, if the portal and NIL and those things were in place and the December signing period, if those things were in place back in 2006, uh, going into 2007, would Alabama have been able to wait and hire Nick Saban? You know, that's that's one of the reasons that they they detoured toward Rich Rodriguez is they got nervous. Some people, a couple of people in leadership down there got nervous and said, what if we wait and he doesn't come? What if we wait till the NFL season's over and he changes his mind or he doesn't decide to come here? 
then where then where are we are we then who are we going to be able to hire and that's that's the feeling was it the feeling at Alabama at the time so that that feeling is now accelerated as of the circumstances but let's be honest as a as a team a school ever hired someone ever fired a coach during the season ever hired someone and and really rescued or saved or prospered in that first short uh, window uh, signing class? Not really. It's the next class. That's when you re- that's when you really see, first of all, whether a coach can recruit at a high level. When you give them a full year at that new school, then you get a better sense of how they're going to recruit. That was that's what we saw at Alabama with that 2008 class with Julio and Mark Ingram, et cetera. So I think that's a little overblown. And now you're, are you really going to be able to get someone who has proven that they can win at the level that you expect to win? Because there are very few people out there that have done it. And those people, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, they're not leaving. Is Dan Lanning going to leave? Oh, oh, I know what he said yesterday. He's not leaving. I don't, I don't generally believe anything coaches say. Uh, in a situation like this, he may be totally sincere, but it's hard. It's hard to take them seriously because you know they can't really comment honestly in some cases, like Nick Saban back in 2006. But is Dan Lanning going to leave Oregon in the if in the midst of a chase for the playoff and a national championship to take the Texas A&M job with Kalen DeBoer from Washington? Do the same, you know. And those are the guys that are winning at a high level right now. So I don't know. It's 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 a difficult it's a difficult well, thing, you know. Dan's Dan's statement was a recruiting statement. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you should say anything because they're going to bury you if you leave. When you yes. say, you're better off saying nothing. But is, is yeah. in you guys' eyes, is Urban Meyer hireable? Like I wouldn't no. touch Urban Meyer with Meyer with a ten foot ball. He quits all the time when the pressure gets really, really tough. I have a guy tell me he's going to Texas A and M. Uh, is he hireable? I'm not. I'm talking. I'm talking about one of these big time jobs like A and M. In y'all's opinion? Well, I, I look. Almost anything will be forgiven, discounted, overlooked. If if a guy has won at the level that he's won, at as many places as he's won, yeah, the, the downside is he tends to leave places in a mess. He tends to fold under pressure, have health issues, what what have you. So you're not going to hire Urban Meyer expecting to get 10 years out of him. You'll be lucky to get five. Yeah. Uh, you probably will win in the short term because that's his track record if he still has the desire to to win at a high level if he wants to if he doesn't want the Jacksonville Jaguars to be his last act as a coach that's not a very good uh a note to go out on so you know people overlook a lot who who's who's really think about it this way who's really unhirable art Bryles maybe yeah. You know, who's somebody that you just wouldn't and our Bryles in a, in a different set of circumstances might be a really hot candidate for this job given his roots in the state of Texas, but you know, there there aren't many guys that are truly unhirable. Bobby Petrino's was is not unhirable. I mean, given everything that he's he's been through and and yet A&M brought him in as offensive coordinator to help to try to help save the day and that didn't work, of course. So, I I don't know. It just uh, but again, there's a very small list 
of guys who have won at an elite level. There's only what now? I think it's four coaches still coaching right now that have won national championships. And if you're talking about, you know, multiple national championships, because uh, Mac Brown is one of them, but the multiple national championships, it's Nick Saban, it's Kirby Smart, it's Dabo Sweeney. And I, I don't think A&M's hiring any of those guys. Yeah. That. Um, your feeling about, uh, with the committee about Texas and Alabama, um, both of them go undefeated. We've talked about that a hundred times, but we hadn't gotten your opinion. Head to head is, to me, is is the biggest thing that they can cover. Uh, your feelings about where they would, where, where they, if Alabama were to beat Georgia, which I'm not sure they can, um, would they, would they, would they jump Texas? It's hard to see it, although. If you play it out, because Oklahoma now, you know, Oklahoma can still get back into the Big 12 championship game. There's a scenario for them to get a rematch with Texas. And, of course, that might be the best-case scenario for Texas because if they could beat Oklahoma, they could then say they beat everybody on their schedule at least once. And their one loss, they they avenged it uh, in in the Big 12 championship game. But, obviously, beating Georgia would be the single biggest win on either team's resume. Yep. If, we're, if, they, if it comes down to those two teams, if, yep. if Texas is a one-loss Big 12 champion and Alabama is a one-loss SEC champion with its loss to Texas, you know, it's hard to get past the head-to-head, especially because it was on Alabama's home field and it was by 10 points. It was not a fluke. There was it was not you know a, a, a kick six at the last second. Uh, even though that wasn't a fluke win because Auburn ran for 300 yards almost that day. Uh, a lot of people forget that, but uh, but they, everybody thinks the last play, or a lot of people think the last play was fluky. It was certainly unusual. But no, Texas beat Alabama clearly. Now Texas beat Alabama in the second game of the year. Alabama's not the same team it was then. Texas is not the same team it was then. Alabama's a better team. I don't know if Texas is a better team, but Texas has had the adversity of losing its quarterback for a time, and the committee always is supposed to take into account things like that. And now they've lost their 1,000-yard running back is out for the year. So they've suffered injury adversity to key players, and and how much does the committee weigh that? So I, I think at the end of the day, it would be hard for them to take – Alabama over Texas because of the head-to-head win. Because if head if it's close, and let's be honest, Texas has a lot of quality wins, and, and Alabama will too. Then again, they'll have the, the the best win. But if head-to-head does not provide the trump card, if that's not the separator, then what are we even doing? Why are we even playing the games? Yeah, is there any scenario, Kevin? I don't think there is. I argue with Gary Harris every day. That Alabama jumps an undefeated team. So Florida State, uh, either it's going to either be Michigan or Ohio State and Washington. I see no way the committee would put, even if Alabama runs the table, you're going to jump them over an undefeated team. It may just be one of these crazy years that if it did happen and Texas is right there in front of them that the SEC champion is left out. Is there any scenario? Alabama jumps Florida State, Washington, or either Ohio State or Michigan. I don't see that. 
No way, right? No, it's hard. It's hard to believe because well, let, okay, let's look at it. Who would be the who would be the weakest? Probably Florida State, undefeated conference champion. Yeah, you, yeah obviously, because if it's Washington, Washington uh, will have a you know, there there are a number of there are a lot of good teams in the in the Pac twelve. The Oregon State is quietly sitting there. What are they twelve yeah. in the country? They still get to play Washington, and Oregon's got to beat them too. So, and, and they and Oregon State beat Oregon last year and knocked them out of, I think, knocked them out of the Big 12 championship game, if I remember right. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, but Washington would have, you know, they're going to have enough quality wins. You, you, you could not jump Alabama ahead of Washington. It would be Florida State. Say Florida State stumbles and struggles and barely beats uh, a, a mediocre to bad Florida team. And then Florida State goes to the ACC championship game and stumbles and struggles and doesn't look very good, but finds a way to win. And Alabama goes to Atlanta. And Alabama goes, first of all, Alabama goes to Auburn, a place that this is not a great Auburn team, obviously, but they're getting better. They've had it. The schedule has lightened up considerably. They've taken advantage of it. They've gotten better. And that, and that game is in Auburn and we know what's happened there. We, we know that Nick Saban is four and four there. Uh, at Alabama, we know he's four and seven there overall because he went zero and three there at LSU. So that's been a house of horrors for him personally. So say Alabama goes there and dominates and wins by three or four touchdowns, and then goes to Atlanta and does the same thing to Georgia in in this in a similar fashion to the way they did uh, two years ago when they when they can you know took control and pulled away from Georgia in that SEC championship game and just looked dominant. Maybe you have a conversation then, and then you have all of the, then you have the, well, this is not the team that lost to Texas. Uh, they have come leaps and bounds. They are far better. And, and Florida State is stumbling and staggering around. They don't look like one of the four best teams. And the eye test, uh, clearly favors Alabama. Maybe, possibly, the brand name, there would be so much howling, obviously, nationally, if that I mean, happened. But, uh, but uh, I, I don't, I mean, realistically, they, it should probably shouldn't happen, but somebody will make, there will be people making a, you could make a case if those, if all of those things happen. It's not likely that all of those things will happen. Yeah. I don't know. Just people say, well, this committee, you know, Alabama people, this committee is a joke. Well, they're not a joke. I mean, <laughs> they got it ranked right now. Probably they got it right. And people's or Oregon's a joke. I don't think Oregon's a joke. I think Oregon is good. Now, when I watch yeah. Oregon, whew, yeah. I don't know. Uh, so now I will say, I will say, and Greg McElroy got raked over the coals for what he said last week, but I'll give it, I'll give him credit. I think there is a case to be made. You know, the committee's got the, you know, the top one loss teams. They've, in, in order, they've got Oregon, then Texas, then Alabama. I think you can make a case for Texas over Oregon. And look at, again, look at the schedules more closely. To this point, look at who they've beaten and who they've played. Yeah. And Texas has the best win out of any of those three, and that's at Alabama. You know, what's Oregon's best win right now? Utah? What's Alabama's best yeah. win, Kevin? Ah, there's a good question right there. Is it LSU? Not oh. Tennessee anymore. <laughs> Tennessee, yeah, it, Ole Miss. No, it's it's yeah, Ole Miss. LSU. It's Ole Miss, probably, because Ole Miss is sitting in there with two losses, and, and their only two losses are to Alabama and Georgia. So it's, you got to say it's Ole Miss. 
but Georgia destroying Ole Miss doesn't make that win. I mean, I'm saying if you want to play that game, yeah. that makes that, yeah. you know. And so I think their yeah. best wins at Texas A&M. People laugh at that. Uh, but go over there to College Station and, and win. Now you look at Texas A&M and how they played. But, you know, that's a darn good win, but it doesn't look like it. You can argue it's not, but it is, right, Kevin? That's a good win to go over Yeah. Yeah, because, because A&M's sitting there with four losses. They just fired their coach. So, yeah, it's hard to say that, that that's a quality win because A&M's dropped three other games. But, but, a, but again, if you really study it, A&M's losses have, if not all, it's at least three of the four, maybe all four, have been by one score. Yeah. Now, they, it's not like, they're not getting blown out. They're, they're competitive in these games. They just haven't found a way to win. So, but but again, they do have four losses. So, and then it hurts Alabama that Georgia destroyed Ole Miss, as you said. Um, now Alabama controlled the game against Ole Miss in the second half. Yeah. But there's a big difference in 24 to 10 and 50 something to 17, whatever the final was on Saturday night. Uh, but all, all you know, but all from a resume standpoint, it would be Ole Miss. Their their, their best win. Ole Miss will be the highest-ranked team still, even after losing to Georgia, among the teams that Alabama's beaten. You know, LSU has three losses, although they have the best player in the country. So, yeah, Alabama doesn't have that elite win yet. They have, they'll have they have a chance to get that win when they get to Atlanta. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Daddy, they have... No, I'm fine. Go? All right, Kevin, yeah. tell them where they can... We could spend an hour uh, talking about all this stuff. We didn't even get to get into Jimbo. Man, that before. time went by in a hurry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tell us about uh, everything you're doing and where they get all your stuff. Yeah, best way to keep up with me is follow me on Twitter, slash X, at Kevin Skarbinski. Get links to to all my columns uh, in the lead. You can go to the Birmingham... You can go to BirminghamLeadLede.com. Subscribe to that daily newspaper, which essentially is thrown into your email inbox. You can subscribe to my newsletter, Scarbo Knows, through al.com slash sports. That, that one appears every Thursday, touches on three, four, five different subjects. It's like three, four, five mini columns in one. And if you subscribe to the newsletter, you also get all of the columns I write for the lead. So, uh, so if you again, follow me, follow me on uh, Twitter and you'll get, you'll keep up with everything I'm doing if you'd like to do that. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. All right. Uh, we want to thank Alabama One as well. They're a great sponsor of both hours. Uh, if you want to purchase that vehicle, your dreams, and I highly recommend getting that loan out of Alabama One. They got Black Wednesday coming up next week, so you can go on the website and look at all the information about that. You can get in as early as 7 a.m., get great rates on loans and everything right there. This car loan rates as low as 3.99% currently. Terms available to 84 months. Get pre-approved before you shop. They also have an Alabama One Auto Mall. Go to www.alabamaone.org for all their products and services. You listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Join Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we got a report of a wreck on US 43 southbound at Chapel Hill Baptist Church. You could expect some delays in the area. Traffic beginning to pick up around town. If you do see conditions, of course, give me a call. 205-886-8886. 2468. Up to $10,000 in instant savings on new Nissans at Townsend Nissan. And I'm Captain Ray. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 
from the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Eddie Garcia. In the NFL, Monday Night Football in Buffalo saw the Broncos beat the Bills 24-22. Denver got a couple of chances to win this game in the final seconds. They had a game-winning field goal attempt go wide right, but Buffalo had 12 men on the field, gave them a second chance, and Denver converts from 36 yards out with no time left to get the win. Buffalo also had four turnovers. Quarterback Josh Allen accounted for three of them with two interceptions and a lost fumble. Denver quarterback Russell Wilson had 193 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Denver is now four and five on the season. Buffalo is at five and five. In the NBA, four games, Celtics beat the Knicks 114-98. Boston's eight and two to start the season. Jason Tatum led them with 35 points. Giannis Antetokounmpo had 35 points and 11 rebounds for the Bucks and their 118-109 win over the Bulls. Raptors are down 23 points. Rally beat the Wizards 111-107 behind 39 points from Pascal Siakam. Kings beat the Cavaliers 132-120. Inside the locker room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All-State Insurance Agent Andrew Knipper. Andrew's my agent. Let Andrew become yours. He's out of 4705 McFarland Boulevard, Suite 3 over in Northport. Sometimes you just put that insurance on automatic draft. You have no idea what coverage you got. So uh, once you look at that, uh, let Andrew uh, run the numbers for you. You can look at the insurance that you currently have. Uh, tell you if you need more or less. I uh, can advise you he did that for me, and I'm so happy I made the change. Uh, you get the local flavor with Andrew and the national uh, deal with Allstate Insurance. 205-722-9201. Andrew Conifer, Allstate Insurance. Dad, I heard you say no nah when I said, is Urban Meyer for a job like Texas a and I just get afraid he, I think stress really bothers him. And these are stressful jobs. Uh, he's got plenty of money. Did not go well. Uh, in the pros, but he tried to control those guys so much, and uh, he is uh, very meticulous. He's very set in his ways. Uh, he is a good football coach. He runs a discipline program. Well, I say discipline. Of course, they had a bunch of crazy stuff going on in Florida, but you immediately said no. Uh, why do you say Urban Meyer's not hireable? Or- I think at his age, he doesn't have the work ethic it's going to take. If you're not, you're not, you've got to be, I don't care where where you are, in the biggest state in the union with a lot of players, you've got to be organized and recruiting and then coach them. And I think, uh, I think Urban Meyer is the kind of guy that, that, uh, he enjoys telling other people how to coach. I've listened to him on, on Fox or whatever it is. And he, I, I just don't think he, I don't think he's that interested in it. I don't think his family cares that much about it from what I hear. Um, I don't think they even bought a place in Jacksonville. I would I would just say he he's he just he's just not a guy's got to be energetic, excited, and ready to go, and and have can get a good staff. And I I just I think he's been good, but been good is about the right word for me. Been good, but not now. Um, is in a place like Texas A and M is Dion hireable? If you give him all that NIL money, he played for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you think he can really well, recruit? Uh, would you look at a guy like Dion? No, I would. I would not because I think he's just too disturbing. 
I think he disturbs things and keeps things in an uproar all the time. I think Colorado is the right place for him. If he wins a few games, he's going to be coach of the year or whatever. Um, I, I just I just think that he's too dis- – I think he disturbs things too much. He messes things. He, he runs the players off. He doesn't, they don't you know, – they can't play. He brings in a new group. He's, he's left, he's right, he's up, he's down, he's sideways, he's east, he's west. Um, you know, he, he's he's energetic, and he is uh, media, he's media media deal, where the media likes him because he's a minority guy that's made a big, bigger and talks more than anybody. I, w- I would say that uh, he's not a good choice for any job, uh, particularly except the kind of jobs that he got, the kind of job that he got at Colorado, where he takes he takes a program at Colorado who is has made any money in their football program, and brother, they're making it now, and he's losing, and he's going to lose six, seven games before it's over. Uh, so he's made them money, and he can come back and, and do a good job there. As far as going to places where he's always up and down and sideways, I don't think so. So. Should if you're Texas A and M and you're these money people, should you look at Ross Bjork? Now he wasn't the only guy, but you gave Jimbo this ridiculous contract. Like who was coming to get him and, and to pay him all the money there? Should the AD and the and the people that signed off on that contract should their job be in jeopardy? I think they, I think AD is average just running water. <laughs> uh, I think that best AD is at LSU. Uh, whether you know he's going to make some mistakes. But I think the AD is his average is running water. Uh, he came there from LSU, I think. Uh, Ole Miss somewhere. Yeah, but, uh, Ole Miss. Ole Miss. And I just don't feel like that he, he you know, he, you know, why are you going to raise him over what he's done? I think Jimbo Fisher is, is probably uh, a decent football coach. I don't know what happened there. But uh, they, couldn't, they couldn't get it done with a home field advantage. So I... Uh, he, he reacted too early, you know. When you hire, when you fire, you got to hire, and that's the, people forget that. Well, who are you going to hire? Okay, the Texas A&M people, all the people, they will rank it. They want him bad. Um, there is a group that likes the guy at Duke. Will his name be good? As far as exciting, no, because he's a defensive coach who doesn't throw it a lot. Close to the vest, disciplined. They, they, you know, that he's there. Will be a few that will like him. I like him as a coach. Whether he would be the guy for A and M, I have no idea. But those two, right there, would be the two that they'll probably get it down to. Unless somebody, uh, one of the best football coaches around anywhere is at Kansas. He gonna get that kind of job? No. Uh, but I'll tell you one thing: if I was at Mississippi State, I'd grab him in a heartbeat. He's very, very good, I think, from what I can gather. Uh, somebody called yesterday and mentioned Rich Rodriguez to Mississippi State. Would that be yeah. somewhere you'd It'd look? It'd be good. Yeah, it'd be good. He's an offensive guy. Uh, Dan Mullen. You know, you get out of coaching and you look back on it and you miss it to some degree for a while. And Dan's, he, Dan's just okay on, on television. He's not great. He's, he's okay. Uh, that little program they got is okay. He's got plenty of money. The athletic director at Alabama hired him at Mississippi State, and uh, he did a good job for nine years there. Um, whether he 
he would be, you know they'll be glad to have anybody back because you, the sidelines, Barry, I got uh, the, the sidelines are important. You got to. You, you can't stand there the way the, the coach at, at Mississippi State does and, and talk on your talk on your monitor to people in the, in the press box and not do a better job of getting excited about the game. You got a guy like Nick Saban is excited, but and I know you got to coach your own personality. I got it. And then the way Lane Kiffin gets excited about the game without you know not you know he's different. Everybody has their own personality, but I just think that that. Uh, that's who it's going to be, either him or somebody out of the woodwork. I don't know if the guy at Washington or not, but uh, I think the average athletic director at A&M's average is running water. Yeah, I mean, I just don't see the guy at Washington. He don't leave his team, so you wouldn't be able to uh, get him until no, January. No. Uh, by then, every player would have packed up and left. Yeah. Uh, with I new- and and while you're on this subject, without, and it's not the subject you ask about, I think that Oregon is the darn good football team. I do, too. I think they're very good. And if I was living in Eugene, Oregon, like some of, my li- some of my listeners were living in Eugene, Oregon, they would be up, you know, they would be really hot about that, but they're not living there. They're living in, some, in Alabama. I think I think, uh, I think Oregon has played well, and I think our quarterback who just got beat up at, at Auburn all the time, beat up about everything he did, because he's a homegrown kid, left and went out there and got new, new footing. They've done a good job. Now, you know how good I don't know, but they're good. Yeah, um, they're fast. Uh, you know, we'll see. I don't know how people just say that uh, SEC teams are better than them. I, I don't know if they are. I don't know if they aren't. But it's not. It's not as easy just to say. And what the SEC's done in the past, I don't. That don't. Really, I don't think the SEC, other than. You take away Alabama and Georgia. How good is this league? Uh, Tennessee, to me, is not very good. Old no, Miss, we got you know okay. you got an Oregon team, Barry, that uh, probably went for it when they shouldn't have, uh, and probably would have beaten Washington. I think Washington and Oregon, from and I watched quite a bit of them, uh, is about as good as anybody gonna find. They're they're darn good, but one of them is gonna get left out. One of those. One of those guys, one of those teams, is going to get left out, and that's going to be upsetting to their fans. So it's it's um it's hard to it's hard to the Alabama thing. Alabama is going to have, in in my opinion, and my opinion is not worth a dime, a very very tough time with Georgia. I think Georgia is 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 all is an almost team. You almost beat them, but you don't. Um, yeah, I saw uh, whoever told us the line. If it was wrong, the line is out. It's a uh, three. Uh, Georgia's three point favorite in that game. And somebody said seven and a half, but it's three. Uh, is what it is. So, um, you know, the game's in obviously Atlanta, which sure is. Uh, it'll be pro Georgia crowd over there. I would sure think. Will. So, all right, we'll take the break here. We'll get Doug Bell in. Wayne's Pest Control serving over one hundred thousand customers across Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi. They've been doing it since nineteen. 19- 73. Let the great folks at Wayne's make sure your home is protected from those unwanted pests. When they come out, they'll leave a, a deal on your door telling you exactly what you, they did. You'll get a text message as well, so you won't even have to wonder if you're not home. Did uh, did the pest control people come today? I like that uh, feature that they have there. They also can work on that lawn, uh, get it sprayed up, get it ready. Uh, for when it turns warm again, it'll be turn out beautiful. 
so they'll prepare the lawn. So tell them you heard on Inside the Locker Room. Get $60 off your initial pest control service. 866-WAYNES-1. 866-WAYNES-1 for $60 off your initial pest control service. All right, we'll talk to Doug Bell. We'll look at Doug's games. Find out how he did last week and let him pick some new ones as well as Doug never stops firing. You listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy today, the best chance of rain will stay south of here, the high 67. Cloudy tonight, a chance of rain mainly after midnight, the low at 50. Tomorrow, cloudy and cooler, periods of rain throughout the day, the high in the upper 50s at 59. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 57 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. I get right to the Alabama One Hotline. He's with PGA Tour Radio, PGA Tour Live, CBS Sports. He's uh, inside the locker room's handicapper, uh, Doug Bell. Good morning, Doug. How are you? Hey, Doug. Hey, hey, Barry. Hey, Coach. Sorry about yesterday. I was traveling back from Bermuda, so uh, back on the other. Before we get into this boring football stuff that you have, uh, <laughs> our listeners turn off the, turn off the radio. You. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Tell us about Bermuda. Uh, what's his name? Won it? I can't pronounce his name correctly. Uh, yeah, just tell tell our listeners about Bermuda and what, what went on there. Well, first off, uh, Bermuda is a cool island. You know, from Charlotte, it's about a two-hour flight, so it doesn't take long to get over there. And they don't have a lot of golf courses. The one that they play on, uh, Port Royal, is a public golf course, and it's the shortest golf course they play on the PGA Tour. It's only about sixty-eight hundred yards. A lot of elevation change. Uh, and it's right there in the water, and it's beautiful, a beautiful setting. But Camilo Bejegas, yeah. who played collegiately, by the way, at the University of Florida, uh, Buddy Alexander, who was his coach, mm-hmm. and it's interesting, Buddy won the U.S. Amateur at Shoal Creek, and, and his son, Tyson Alexander, is now on the PGA Tour. It's funny how all this goes full circle, but Camilo had not won in almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. And two weeks ago, finished second in Mexico, and then won in Bermuda, and he's uh, 49 under par over the last two weeks, Jeez. and he's just discovered his game. You know, it's and he's gone from not having status to having potentially having to go to Q school again. Now he has a two-year exemption, and he's been through a lot over the last 10 years. You know, his daughter died of brain cancer a year oh, and a half right. ago, yeah, and that was very emotional. But God, and, and this, yeah, and this year, guys, I mean, between the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour, he missed 17 out of 28 cuts. I mean, he was just. He just couldn't find it, and then lo and behold, he finds it. So it, it really was a fun week. Uh, and did he get any help? Did, did he get any help to find it, Doug? Well, you know, he. It's interesting. Um, he changed his swing completely. You know, he went to a a, co- a new coach a year ago, and he said, "Listen, I'm. I, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I'm lost." And the coach said, "Well, we're going to change some things in your swing, but it's going to take a while. It's going to take about a year." And he's like, "Well, all right, let's give it a shot." And so. It actually hasn't been a year. It's only been about eight months, so it's come a little quicker than he thought. And he changed putters. You know, he was one of those guys that went through about a half a dozen putters through the year, long putter, short putter, 
uh, you know, mallet head, uh, you know, left hand low, the whole bit. And so he finally found a putter, you know, a counterbalanced putter, uh, where it's a little heavier up there at the top of the grip that he likes. And he's hitting everything. So, um, good for him. You know, really, yeah. I love it when those guys, yeah, you know, it's funny. Child, yeah. yeah, not everybody's a superstar. Not everybody, although he's done well in his career and he's from Columbia and has a lot of uh, sponsors down there in his home country, but still, um, as far as, you know, uh, he, he, he wasn't considered a superstar anymore by any stretch of the imagination. Sure. Uh, and now, now here he is knowing exactly what he's going to be doing for the next two years on the PGA Tour. Pretty, pretty good stuff. Uh, Doug, LIV, uh, they've got some changes coming. I guess they can trade players now for the teams. Also, Cam <laughs> Smith, uh, has come out and said he doesn't regret it at all. He, he likes playing internationally. He likes to travel, uh, which he didn't get to do, uh, travel abroad as much with the PGA Tour. Just kind of talk about what's been coming out with the LIV here this past week. Well, you know, the deadline for the negotiation between the PGA Tour and LIV ends on December 31st. And I think what has happened, Barry and Coach, you know, back when the PGA Tour announced this handshake agreement, they were just, uh, I think they were bluffing in essence. You know, they've negotiated now all this time and nothing has come about. And then all these other entities have come on board saying, well, gosh, uh, we would like to support the PGA Tour with all this uh all this extra money. So I don't think they will ever come to an agreement. I think it was just kind of one of those things that it calmed the waters. And now I think the PGA tour will probably head in a different direction. I don't know that, you know, nobody's told me that. I just think that's what will happen. And I think live eventually will just die a slow death. Even though they have a lot of money, nobody is paying attention to it. Uh, and these golfers, I, I, I can't blame Cam Smith. I can't blame Dustin Johnson. I can't blame Brooks Kepka. When you get generational wealth and, you know, they're, they're, this is what we're going to give you and you don't, you don't have to play a dozen tournaments. That's all you got to do. Why not take it? And so I can't blame any of those guys, but I think eventually they're going to go by the wayside. I don't think Kepka eventually, uh, is going to be as competitive anymore in major championships. Um, I just don't think you can be as razor sharp playing a dozen times a year against limited fields when nobody's around as opposed to these PGA Tour guys who are, um, you know, they're playing against the best of the best. So uh, that, that that's my take, Barry. I, I think Liv and the PGA Tour will never come to an agreement. Again, shortly after Christmas, uh, the negotiating period closes. And I just think uh, next year the PGA Tour has all those signature events, uh, $20 million purses, um, and all the great players have agreed to play in them. So we'll see, we'll see where that goes. Uh, the one thing, the one thing that, we know guys is that ratings for golf are not going up uh other than the masters and the major championships but the masters is the bell cow a regular tour stop even though it now is going to be called a signature event where you have the top 50 players in the world the ratings are okay but not fantastic uh, a college football game beats the ratings um for golf uh, so it, it, yeah. it's interesting how it's all evolved Patrick McElroy, I mean, uh, Roy McElroy has come out now and talked about what happened at the Ryder Cup. Uh, and I quote, <laughs> uh, talk about Patrick Cantley. Uh, he anchored me. My relationship with Cantley is average at best. We don't have a ton in common and see the world quite differently. He talks about the caddy was a good guy when he was with Tiger Woods, but now since he's moved over to Cantley, he's turned into an A-double-S. Uh, kind of <laughs> surprised that Roy was pretty much uh, telling it how it is there. Did you know there was a kind of a 
a bad no. some bad yeah. blood there between Roy and, and Patrick Canley? No, Barry, I didn't. And I, you know, I read that story. Rory spoke to Golf Digest, and in fact, he said uh, in reference to Joe Lacava, the caddy, who you know they had the dust up, the verbal dust up there at the Ryder Cup. You know, he said as far as that guy he works for, and he wouldn't even name Cantley by name. You know, he said you know he is a, and it rhymes with brick. Um, and it, you know, he said that in the interview. And I, you know, listen for golfers, this yeah. is this, this is stuff we've never heard before. You know, <laughs> golfers are always gentlemen, right? And they're uh, it's very milk toast, very vanilla, and so now they're coming out. Uh, I guess it's just the age we live in, social media, et cetera. Uh, but I kind of like it. Uh, it adds a little color to a sport that, in a lot of ways, is just kind of kind of vanilla and kind of bland. Yeah. That. Uh, before before we um, get to football, can you hear me? Yeah. Before yeah, yeah, we get to football, just quickly to our listeners, explain. What Rory and Tiger want to do with their group, with their that thing they're doing? Well, they're starting a team competition, uh, and Lives is saying, well, they're copying us, but they're not really. Uh, and it's going to be on Monday nights after PGA Tour events. Uh, and it'll be, uh, they'll be in simulators, if you will. Um, and like Justin Thomas is on a team, uh, based out of Atlanta, Georgia. That's where the sponsorship is. So in essence, these teams, will be representing cities like a baseball team or a football team. Okay. Uh, it'll be a four-man golf team, and they'll be playing the simulated events uh, at different, you know, at different places. Uh, it'll be uh, it, it'll be kind of a video game type thing, um, and they suspect that people will enjoy watching it. It'll bring in a younger demographic uh, that'll start watching this stuff, and Tiger will play. Tiger will be on a team. And he obviously can't walk 18 holes, and he's not capable of going out playing much anymore. But the fact that he'll be playing in this competition um, is kind of neat. I'm, I'm anxious to see what it's all about. I, you know, not every golfer wants to do it. Uh, John Rahm has already begged off and is not doing it, but Tiger will do it. Rory's doing it. Obviously, they're, they're business partners, uh, and they have a lot of money tied up in it. Uh, Justin Thomas, friends of Tiger, he's going to play. Um, you know, Ricky Fowler's going to play. So it'll it'll – It'll be interesting. Um, it'll be Mondays after regular tour stops conclude on Sundays, and I think I think it'll be a twelve week proposition. It'll, and then they'll have they'll have a champion at the end of the twelve weeks. Doug, do you even want to do football this week? <laughs> of course, Barry. I want all to right, do football. I'm excited right. about football. All right, Noah, get your little thing when they're ready. So, Doug, yeah. Dad, last week, Doug said he was going to go four games now. he, You know, you yeah. can't catch up when you are when you have a record of 11, 20, and 2, so you got to do four <laughs> games. So let's look at those four. Georgia, uh, minus 11 and a half uh, versus Ole Miss. Doug said take the Bulldogs, minus 11. He covered that easy, so give Doug the win. Yeah. On that one. Yes, no Told doubt. you. Told you. Uh, Dad, here's where he listened to us. Uh, Arkansas (laughs) minus three. He said, take the Razorbacks minus three. I don't know what that score ended up, but, uh, Arkansas (laughs) got absolutely (laughs) murdered. So that will be a loss. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dad, he said, Kansas minus three and a half versus Texas Tech. Take Kansas minus a three and a half. Well, Kansas actually lost, uh, 16 to three to Texas Tech. So that would be another, Lost. Yes. And then Oregon and Southern Cal. He said, oh, Oregon can score with the best of them. Take Oregon minus a 15. Oregon did win. It was 36 <laughs> to 27. So that 15 did not 
hold water, so that was another loss. So we went one one and three, Dad, this week. One and three. So that runs the record, Doug. 12, 23, and two. Uh, 12, right. 23, and two. So. All right. Are you going to do? Are you going to do ten games this week? No, Doug? no, no, I'm just just doing three because I got three winners. <laughs> I figure three and zero will set me set me up good for Thanksgiving. All right, so. let's, let's hear it. All right. Well, first off, guys, Alabama is a eleven and a half point favorite over Auburn in the Iron Bowl. That is out now, and Georgia will be a three and a half point favorite over Alabama in the SEC championship. Those odds just came out today. Okay. So, uh, and, and uh, Michigan will be a six and a half point favorite over Ohio State. Okay. In the game in in Arbor. So anyway, I wanted to throw that out there. All right, my games. Uh, game day, guys. Uh, Harrisonburg, Virginia. They're going to be at James Madison this Saturday. Uh, Kurt Signetti is the coach. Now, he was on Coach Saban's original staff. Uh, you know, he's the guy that signed Mark Ingram. Uh, he signed Dante Hightower. Heck of a recruiter, heck of a coach. And he's done a heck of a job at James Madison. They're favored by 10.5 over App State. Uh, you know, they're, they're appealing to the NCAA. They're on that two year probationary period going from SCS to FBS. And I, I think they deserve to be in a bowl game. They're the best team in the Sun Belt. And at home with all the hoopla with game day, uh, they will cover that spread against an App State team that is okay. But, uh, James Madison is really, really good. If you hadn't heard of their quarterback, Jordan McLeod, uh, having a terrific season for Let me James ask Madison. You a stupid question. What conference is yeah. James Madison in? Sunbelt. Okay. And, you know, a competitive Sunbelt conference, but they are the best team in the Sunbelt. Uh, and they've worn people out. And, oh, by the way, uh, they are 7-3 and three against the spread this season. Alabama 7-3 and three against the spread this season. All right. So, so he's saying James Madison. James Madison, who is currently 10-0, yep. uh, yep. giving the 10.5 against App State. Uh, so yep. it, it's at James Madison. Uh, it's going to be actually warm up there it's in Virginia. It's going to be 67 degrees. It's hard right. to pick this. It's hard to pick this week. Yeah. All right, Doug. That's one. That's you're kind that's of off, you're kind of off the grid there. But uh, game day. <laughs> and that game's going to be on ESPN Plus. So game day's going there. That's not even going to be on a real station. But yeah. anyway, whatever. All yeah. right, Next game. <laughs> well, they're they're really good, by the way. Meantime, North Carolina at Clemson, and you know two <laughs> weeks ago, everybody bemoaning yeah. the fact that Clemson was going down. Actually, Clemson has gotten better, and their quarterback, Kate Klubnick, uh, he's improved. Uh, and he's slowly, I mean, he's gone from really struggling early now to playing very good football. And Clemson is running the football. They're running the football like crazy. The old adage, guys, they're running the football. They're stopping the run. They're winning the last three games they've won. They've won the giveaway, takeaway, the turnover department. North Carolina's defense is really, really bad. Gene Chizik is the defensive coordinator, obviously, left. TV to get back into the coaching business. And really, uh, the North Carolina defense has struggled, and I think they will continue to struggle. I think Clemson covers that game uh, against North Carolina. Six and a half, by the way. And I think Clemson runs their way to an impressive win at home on Saturday against the North Carolina team. Has a good quarterback, Drake May. Uh, but in if you remember that Virginia game they lost, May really struggled in that game. So I, I think what you have is a quarterback who's getting better and a quarterback who maybe has kind of reached uh, the pinnacle. Uh, and I so think you, you're buying Dabo when he said buy stock. Yes. Buy stock. Yes. So you're buying yeah, stock. I mean, I, okay. I'm buying stock, yes, absolutely. Right, you got it. All right. It's all in. The chips, I'm on the poker table, they're all they're all in for Clemson. <laughs> all right, Clemson 6-4, and four, taking on 8-2. and two. 
North Carolina minus a six and a half. Uh, yep. Noah for Doug there. All right, one more game. He's uh, two and oh, baby. Two, two and oh. Two and oh. All right, Texas Tech at home against Central Florida UCF. The Gus Bus ran Oklahoma State back to Stillwater last week. I mean, ran them out of town. Uh, they're five and five now. Texas Tech five and five. Uh, you know, both teams fighting for bowl eligibility. Texas Tech beat Kansas. You mentioned my loss last week. That was a big shocker. Kansas 16th in the country, and Texas Tech really dominated that game. Um, Joe McGuire has done a pretty good job at Texas Tech. It's a senior day. Uh, they're putting a lot of money into the stadium. They're changing. Uh, people are high on this Texas Tech team that has improved a lot from the beginning of the season. And now, I think UCF on the road after the big win at home, uh, I think they lay an egg. And I think Texas Tech covers the three in Lubbock, Texas, against the Gus Bus and UCF. You think the Gus Bus is getting too, ready to get on two-minute truck and go to Fayetteville, Arkansas? <laughs> Well, you you never know. I mean, that could that very well. Although, good gracious, I mean, Gus is doing so well financially down in Orlando. Why would he want to leave? And he just signed a new deal. Going home, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who's Texas A&M Ohio? Well, uh, I I think the guy from Ole Miss. I think Lane Kiffin. You know, I think we're going to go with Jimmy Sexton. Kind of runs the show there, and they leaned on him when it was Jimbo. And listen, he hasn't burned any bridges, Jimmy Sexton. He's just a businessman. And I think Lane Kiffin uh, could be coaxed into going to College Station, leaving leaving Ole Miss for that. So, Does Urban Meyer ever coach again? Um, yes, I, I think he will coach again. And uh, I think Michigan State is trying everything they can to get him to go there. And I don't know if that's – I don't know if he wants to go to Michigan State because you're banging your head against Ohio State and Michigan every single year, uh, and that would be hard for him to go against Ohio State. But, yes, I do think he will coach again in the right circumstance. Rich Rodriguez to Mississippi State. Is that a good fit? I do think it's a good fit, and I think he's done a good job at Jacksonville State. Uh, they're a Sunbelt team. You asked what conference James Madison was in. Uh They've done a good. He's done a good job. He and his staff. And yes, I, I think that would be a good fit for Mississippi State because I mean, obviously their offense under the the uh, the interim coach. I think Zach was kind of an interim guy. He's a defensive minded coach. You know, they they want to open it up. They want to score points. They didn't do that. Uh, so I, I think that would be a good move for them. Yes, yeah. I do. That anything for Doug? Uh, no, I'm trying to get him off the show. I can't think of anything else to <laughs> talk to him about. Doug's, oh, I love Coach. Doug's I love one Coach. three this week. At least he got one. He got one, right? <laughs> yeah, one. Hey, listen, we Coach, don't say this much. Dad did not hit his blue plate. So, my my uh, blue oh my plate was – I got I got beat after the national Why anthem. Did, uh, Arkansas lay down, Doug? Who would have thunk it? They just won at Florida. You I got killed. Energized. Yeah, that was a shocker. Um that, that 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 was a real real shocker. Auburn though is you know listen, and, and when you look at Auburn now you you know you beat Mississippi State, you beat Vanderbilt, you beat Arkansas. You should win those games if you're Auburn. I know the Auburn faithful is excited, uh, but you should win those games, and they did. So I, I wouldn't get terribly excited about what Auburn's doing. But getting back to what you said, yeah, for Arkansas to win in Gainesville and then to go home and lay an egg, um, yeah. Uh, that shocked me a little bit. But then again, after watching the Florida defense against LSU a week after they gave up all that, all those points to Arkansas, uh, 
I mean, the Florida situation is a mess too. Yeah, um, it is a mess. Um, it's a mess. Is there any? There's no way. Well, I don't want to say it like this because I'm trying to get you to answer it my way. If there are undefeated teams, you know, the Big Ten champion, uh, Pac-12 champion, Florida State. Alabama is not jumping an undefeated team, are they, Doug? Or, or could they? And if it comes down to it, do they jump Texas if both run the table? Well, I, I think to answer your question, Barry, if Alabama beats Georgia, you know, number one, you have to beat Auburn. You have to go there with one loss. But And assuming they will, assuming they'll be 11-1, and one, uh, if they beat Georgia in the SEC championship, I think they would they would jump an undefeated team. I do believe that. I don't think you could leave them out of the Final Four if Alabama goes to Atlanta in two weeks and beats potentially the number one team in the country. I think Georgia tonight, uh, when those polls come out, I think Georgia will jump to number one after what they did last week. That's pretty – I mean, listen, Ole Miss is not a great team, and defensively they give up points, but wow, what a shellacking that was. I mean, they dominated that game. It wasn't even – there wasn't even an inkling that Ole Miss was going to make that competitive from the very get-go. So I, I don't know. I, and I think Missouri is a good team. Georgia, that was an impressive win for Georgia over Missouri. And But, yeah, I, I do believe Alabama, if they beat Georgia, I do think they will uh, make uh, it into the playoffs. Doug, do you think they will beat Georgia? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think they I, have a really good opportunity. No, no, no. There's no way uh, they're going to jump an undefeated team. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to argue with you. There's no way well, they're going to put them over an undefeated team. Why would you even play the season if you're going to put them over an undefeated team? Well, I mean, it depends. Now, Florida State, uh, you know, uh, again, Florida State is number four, right? Yeah. And who's Florida State going to play in the ACC championship? That's not their fault. I don't know. Exactly. But, I mean, so so you – and so – What's Georgia, Alabama's best win, Doug? Well, they have a lot of good wins. What's the best one? They have a lot, well, they have a lot of good wins. Well, what's the I best mean, one? Well, name one. Name, name a good win. Well, you know the best one? Well, well the ten- Tennessee game was impressive at the time. Um, <laughs> Tennessee? You know, uh, they just got well, yeah. by Missouri. All these teams, though, they were, I mean, listen, they were all ranked at the time Alabama beat them, right? Yeah, but I'm saying people always try to say that about these other teams, but, like, and I, you know, like Ole Miss was a good win, but then when you watch Georgia just absolutely destroy them, is it still a good win? Well, well, let me ask you this then, Barry and Coach. Uh, let's just say Alabama does beat Georgia in the SEC championship, and then you have the undefeated Big Ten, you have the undefeated ACC, oh, yeah. uh, you have a Pac-12 team go. I mean, is Georgia and Alabama both going to get left out? I mean, would a one-loss Georgia team with a loss not go in Alabama? Why, why, it all goes back to the Big 12. Why do people think the SEC is so great this year? After Alabama and Georgia, the rest of them are sort of mediocre, aren't they? I mean, LSU's got a great, the best player in college football, but who else do you take away those two teams? Who else does the SEC have? Well, I mean, Barry, tell me, I mean, who does the ACC have after Florida State? Who does well, the Big saying, Ten have after Michigan and Ohio State? Who does the Big 12 have after after Texas? Who the heck does the Big 12 have? Um, and the Pac-12 is kind of shake, you know, shaking themselves out. Now you got, you're got going to have the rematch between Washington and Oregon, and whoever wins that game I think is going to probably go. To, and you could have a one-loss Oregon team go to the playoffs, the Final Four. So, uh, you know, in Washington, one of those two is going to go, Doug. When the ACC and the SEC played, the SEC, (laughs) ACC beat them. 
head to head. Well, I'm just, yeah. Uh, well, everybody I mean, talk, everybody I mean, likes to make fun of the ACC, but head to head, you know, Florida State beat LSU, uh, North Carolina beat South Carolina. I mean, they won the majority of those games. So yeah, and, you know, Florida yeah. State's gonna it's according to where you live. Yeah, I just don't yeah. think it's that. I think for people to say. uh criticize this committee right now and, and say they don't know what they're doing is unfair. That they're ranked the way they should be ranked right now. Now it might play itself out, but man, when you got that one loss to Texas, that makes it hard. Uh and uh, I don't know. So we'll see. Well and and we we do have some games. I mean obviously the conference championship games will sure. it probably work I itself mean, out. Yeah, I mean, if Texas if Texas loses, the, you know, whatever. If Florida yeah. State loses, you know, then it all works itself out. No but but under your scenario, where FSU goes undefeated, and you have an undefeated Big uh, Big Ten champion, and potentially an undefeated Pac-12 champion in Washington, then you have one spot left, mm-hmm. and you have a one-loss Texas, and potentially uh, either an undefeated Georgia or a one-loss Alabama. Uh, and a one loss Georgia if they lose. So yeah, no, I mean somebody's going to be disappointed. I, I just, <laughs> I, I think, I think Georgia will be number one. By Doug. <laughs> I think Georgia will be number one tonight, and Alabama with an opportunity to beat the number one team. I think you, you got to give them one of the final four spots if they beat Georgia. I just, I mean, for I, say, I, I want Alabama to make it. I know people, but for Alabama, for people just to say this committee's holding it against them, they're against them, but they are not. They just look at the. Body of work, and you know we'll see what happens. But you're not going well, you're not going to jump yeah. them over an undefeated team. You're just not. That's not that's not right to do that. Well, and so. they're they're having the same debate we're having right now. The committee. I yeah. mean, they they they're in a position where they're just going to have to be patient, which they will be, yeah. uh, and they're just going to have to let things play out here over the next two weeks. And and, and it will. Uh, you know, the final game of the regular season, uh, and then followed by the by the championship game. I just, you know, it's funny guys next year when we go to 12, the championship games will be somewhat, I mean, just irrelevant, right? Yeah. Uh, so I just, I wonder how those championship. see right now it's kind of exciting because the championship games are in essence, the first round of the playoffs, Yeah. Uh, which people have always dispelled that notion, but I've always thought the championship games were exciting because of that. Um, but well, you know, that, that's where we are in college sports, college yeah. football. Especially. All right, well, tell them about MD Wellness and Aesthetics before you go. Yeah, absolutely, guys. MD Wellness and Aesthetics, uh, 650 Everness Corners, uh, 205-582-9216. Uh, we're getting close to Christmas, and guys, if you want a nice gift certificate for your wife or girlfriend, uh, you can go over there and talk to Susan Brignett, the owner. And, and, you know, we're talking about all the stuff that ladies like to do, you know, the Botox, um, all, all sorts of facials and that sort of thing. Uh, or if you're a guy uh, and you want to talk about hair loss or, um, you know, whether it's testosterone replacement or, listen, some of the guys are getting Botox, too. So it, they have it all over at MD Wellness and Aesthetics. Go to mdwellnessandaesthetics.com. And, again, it's 205-582-9216. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, fellas. All right, bye-bye. All right, let's talk about Bob Prince and Prince Glover and Hayes. Prince Glover and Hayes, attorneys that uh, know the law, know the changes in the law, Three four five one two three four. Uh, visit with them, have a, have a, have a wreck, an accident, uh, somebody hit you over the head, whatever it might be, uh, something unusual, then you can call them and go by. Visit with them on the telephone first. They'll tell you, uh, the direction that you need to go. Go out by 701 Rice Mine Road and visit with them in person. 
Uh, they've been very, very successful in the southeast, located in Tuscaloosa, 205-345-1234. PrinceLaw.net is the website. If they don't win, you don't pay. Let's see Tide 100.9. Let's see home of Alabama sports. No representation is made that the quality of services performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the towns of Nissan Traffic Center, no active wrecks, and traffic is calming down. Now, we still see some congestion on McFarland at 43, and again at 69, and 69 congested down in Skyland. If you see other conditions, just give me a call. 2468, up to $10,000 in instant savings on new Nissans at Towns of Nissan. And I'm Captain Ray. Join t- You're listening to the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. Go to TuscaloosaToyota.com. You can look at the new inventory, the used inventory. Schedule a service uh, right there. They got service specials, uh, used vehicle specials, all right there on the website. Look at that Grand Highlander right now. Beautiful car there. We'll talk to Justin tomorrow about all the uh, cars they got on the lot. They're at 3325 Skyland Boulevard. So swing by there, see Justin, David DeSantis. And tell them that Wimp and Barry sent you. Uh, all right, we got and got behind on those breaks there. We went a little bit long with Doug, so we'll go ahead and get this last break in. And if you guys want to squeeze in a phone call, 205-342-9904. Should the committee rank them any differently tonight? If you look at it, uh, uh, without crimson color glasses, if you just looked at it, maybe they should. Maybe Alabama's earned their way to, to bump up a spot or two. I think Georgia will overtake Ohio State at number one, so that'll be a change there. So let us know uh, what you think. Give us a tie to 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the towns of Nissan Traffic Center, no active wrecks, and traffic is calming down. Now, we still see some congestion on McFarland at 43, and again at 69, and 69 congested down in Skyland. If you see other conditions, just give me a call. 2468, up to $10,000 in instant savings on new Nissans at Towns of Nissan. And I'm Captain Ray. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Cloudy today, the best chance of rain will stay south of here, the high 67. Cloudy tonight, a chance of rain mainly after midnight, the low at 50. Tomorrow, cloudy and cooler, periods of rain throughout the day, the high in the upper 50s at 59. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 58 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Two-time state champion and two-time NIT champion, Barry Sanderson breaks down the latest in sports on Inside the Locker Room on Tide 100.9. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. All right, uh, pretty uh, full slate of SEC basketball tonight. Uh, Dad Wofford uh, travels to Tennessee. Tennessee 31-point favorite there. Florida A&M, Florida. Uh, North Alabama, your lines will go over to Mississippi State, uh, Mississippi State 2 and 0. Texas A&M, SMU, uh, a little bit surprised Texas A&M is going to SMU. Uh, Dad, here locally. Texas uh, A&M beat Ohio State. Yeah, uh, South Alabama, uh, they lost to Mobile for some reason, uh, coming to play Alabama. Alabama, 
line looks a little bit low, uh, 20 and a half there. What did you think about Alabama when you saw them the other night against uh, Indiana State? Well, I think they've got a lot of players. Yeah. Sometimes you have too many. Yeah. Uh, I think the problem that you have is getting them put together uh, the way you want them. Um, I, see, I see one distinct di- distinct problem for them, and I think that's rebounding. I do not think they're a very good rebounding basketball team. But I think they're a very talented team. I think they'd be very good. I think they're an NCAA team. But I just don't think they're, I don't think they rebound in the, in the league against tough people as well, as well as they have been in the past. But they've got a lot of players. Whether they have too many players, I don't know. Well, that, I know, can't imagine there's a better backcourt in the SEC than Estrada and Sears. Well, Estrada's awfully good. He shoots the basketball well. Sears is good, too. Um, I mean, that's some backcourt yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah <laughs> if they can cut down on their turnovers. Uh, they had a lot of turnovers last year. And when you run the way they run, you're going to have some. So, um, you know, you got you got Alabama, Auburn, and uh, Auburn, three good teams. you got... Now A&M going and beating Ohio State. Ohio State up there is big in a tournament. And so you've got uh, those. And, of course, you've got Tennessee Kentucky. So you've got, you know, you've got tough schedules. But Alabama will be very good. All right. Uh, also tonight, UNC Greensboro goes to Vanderbilt. Detroit Mercy. Uh, Mike Davis will be over at Ole Miss. And then the, last, the, the marquee game of the night is in Chicago. Kansas and Kentucky. Uh, number one, Kansas. Number 17, Kentucky. Kansas is a six-and-a-half-point favorite there. So we'll see how these young kids from Kentucky uh, play on the big stage uh, tonight. That's it for today's show. Uh, we'll get out of here and make way for the Gary Harris Show. Let me tell you about Alabama One. If you're looking to get a mortgage, I've got my mortgage. i got my car loan. i got the credit card. So many uh, options over there at Alabama One. You can start the process, become a member there, do it right there on the website. Also, uh, swing by any one of the local branches here in the Northport, Tuscaloosa area. Tell them that Wimp and Barry sent you. You want to go to the website, www.alabamaone.org. The playoff committee will uh, be out tonight. I think it'll stay the same, probably the same. Louisville will probably jump up to number nine there, but I think Alabama probably will roll back in at eight. But they got plenty of time for things to happen to get where everybody wants them to get. You listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Have a great day, everybody.